Section 2 of The Science, History of the Universe, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Science, History of the Universe, Volume 4. Edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler. Chemistry. Chapter 2. The Chemical Knowledge of the Ancients. In endeavoring to find traces of a science in the earliest historic times, the mind must be free of the idea that the ancient presentment will be similar to the modern form as it is known today. The ancients possessed a knowledge of isolated scientific facts and occasionally formulated crude theories, but it is exaggeration to speak of systematic science as existing among them this was due to the fact that they preferred to advance from the general to the particular instead of drawing general conclusions from accurately observed facts since they were disinclined toward experiment and overfond of speculation the position of the natural sciences in the early times particularly that of chemistry is sufficient to show the manner in which errors were introduced and became firmly established as a result of following the purely deductive method which aristotle deemed the road that should lead to the desired goal venable very appropriately speaks of the birth of chemistry in terms analogous to the development of the ovum which will lead through a series of metamorphoses up to the perfected insect and rodwell compares the study of the transformations occurring at various periods in the development of chemistry with the study of the history of a nation certainly there occurred the primary groping after causes struggles to frame laws and revolutions and it is informing to follow the progress of chemistry much as may be traced the history of a people's growth the beginnings of chemistry are lost in the haze of the remote past and unquestionably date back thousands of years to the time when the pressing needs of man taught him to adapt to his own ends the means and materials placed at his disposal it is interesting to note that woman was the first to receive instruction in chemical lore according to tradition and legend in the apocryphal book enoch originally written about one fifteen to one twenty b c an account is given of the relations existing between angels and terrestrial folk and it is stated that one of these angels azazel taught women the making of jewelry and the use of rouge as well as imparting not a little information concerning the metals and precious stones of the earth this legend also is met with in writings of the third and fourth centuries and even in those times chemistry was held to have been imparted to mankind in a remote past the question of the ultimate constituents of bodies or the elements occupied the minds of the oldest nations and the primary conceptions of these elements occurred in the mythical times before empedocles and aristotle the word element is derived from the greek word elephas which was changed by circumstances to elebas elemas and then to elementum the latin equivalent in babylonia it was believed that what was in the heavens was also in the land and in all portions of it and the babylonians considered 
that a relation existed between the heavenly bodies and colors they soon observed that certain relations existed between terrestrial phenomena and the deportment of the heavenly bodies and this observation led them to suppose that the first conceived elements fire water air and earth were controlled by preternatural powers as might be expected from the similarity in their efforts in accounting for the origin and formation of the universe the egyptian conception of the elements was similar to the babylonian the oldest writings of india teach that the world was made of wind water earth fire and a substance of immaterial nature ether in the laws of menu the subtle ether is spoken of as being the first created and from this by transmutation came air and this through some change became light or fire and by a further change in this came water from which lastly earth is deposited this theory was accepted by the brahmins and buddhists and found its way into europe in the anguttara nikaja consciousness is named as a sixth element and in the writings of kapila the leading exponent of the samkhya philosophy it is stated that there are five subtle particles rudiments or atoms perceptible to beings of a superior order but unapprehended by the grosser senses of mankind derived from the conscious principle and themselves productive of the five grosser elements earth water fire air and space kanada who founded the nyaya system of philosophy proposed an atomic theory in which he states that atoms are eternal and that the ultimate atom is simple one of the oldest of the chinese classics the shu king contains a document of still greater antiquity termed the great plan with its nine divisions the first division of which speaks of water fire wood metal and earth as the elementary substances which went to build up the universe this document probably depicts a belief five thousand years old and it is known that the above-mentioned substances were regarded as elements in the dynasty of huang ti 2698 to 2599 bc in that most obscure chinese classic the yi king fire and water wind and thunder the ocean and the mountains appear to be recognized as the elements the most complete theories of the ultimate constituents of bodies have come down from the greeks although it is highly probable that the greek philosophers did not themselves deduce their theories of atoms and elements but derived them from other sources some have maintained that the pythagorean theories are derived from the philosophy of the chinese but since the greeks came from asia as did the other indo-germanic races it is natural to suppose that they brought various eastern theories with them modified them according to their environment and developed them by their own powers the earliest greek cosmogonists were those of the ionic school which was founded by thales of miletus who lived about six hundred b c thales considered that water was the material cause of all things and was ignorant of the atmosphere or air such views 
as well as those of Anaximenes and Heraclitus in the 6th century BC, who ascribed to air and fire respectively the role of ground material, have had no influence upon the development of chemical knowledge. Leucippus, who lived in the 5th century BC, and who is regarded as the founder of the atomistic school, considered that all things consisted of spaces and atoms, the latter being further indivisible, having only quantitative differences between one another and being always in motion. This theory was further developed by Democritus of Abdera, who took a primal element as the basis of his speculations, but subdivided this further in that he imagined it to be made up of atoms which differed from one another in form and size, but not in the nature of their substance. According to him, all the changes in the world consisted in the separation and recombination of these atoms. Empedocles of Agrigent, 500 BC, regarded the elements, air, water, earth, and fire as the basis of the world, and maintained the constancy of matter. He did not speak of the derivation of the elements from a single substratum, or of ultimate atoms, and in his system the contending forces caused the combination and separation of the elements. The system of natural philosophy of Plato, 427 to 344 BC, has been practically without influence on the development of physical science. Plato assumed the existence of the four elements of Empedocles, and propounded mathematical doctrines concerning these elements, but disregarded certain difficulties pointed out by subsequent philosophers. His pupil, Aristotle, 384 to 322 BC, however, among the most famous of the Greek philosophers, is deemed the sage who exercised the most influence upon subsequent thought. Aristotle considered that four elements were insufficient in themselves to explain the phenomena of nature. He therefore assumed a fifth one, which he imagined to have an ethereal nature and to permeate the universe. The followers of the Aristotelian doctrine in the Middle Ages supposed this element to be material, the quinta essentia, and made many endeavors to isolate it, causing endless confusion. The Stagorite considered the properties of bodies to be the result of the simultaneous occurrence and intermingling of fundamental conditions, and regarded the component elements only in the sense of bearers of these fundamental properties. He held that the chief qualities of the elements were those apparent to the touch, as warm, cold, dry, and moist, and maintained that each of the elements of Empedocles is characterized by the possession of two of these fundamental properties, air being warm and moist, water moist and cold, earth cold and dry, and fire dry and warm. He concluded, therefore, that the differences in the material world were to be attributed to the properties inherent in matter, and that the elements can change one into another. In Aristotle's opinion, the transmutation of the elements happens owing to the abstraction of certain qualities and the substitution of others, 
Hence, he concluded that an element can more readily change into one with which it has one quality in common, as cold water to cold earth, and hot fire to hot air, than into one completely its opposite, as hot dry fire to cold wet water. Aristotle regarded the change of water into steam as a transmutation of the elements, a qualitative change of material, as otherwise he could not explain the great change of bulk if the steam had previously existed in the water without change or difference. Views of this nature on the states of the aggregation of matter led to the idea of transforming one kind of matter into another, and the generalization of the Aristotelian ideas fostered the belief in the possibility of the transmutation of metals, a particular feature of the alchemistic period. It is unnecessary to point out how widely the above-mentioned views with regard to the elements deviate from the conceptions of modern chemistry, yet the Greek philosophers, with the freedom and boldness of the Hellenic mind, and an ability to infer and enunciate, had grasped the idea of elemental substances, elements out of which all things were made, the principles of things, and had thought out the existence of atoms as the ultimate constituents of matter. The belief in the existence of the Hindu, an Aristotelian element, ether, was and still is assumed as a necessity for explaining many phenomena. Various chemical facts had been learned by empirical methods and by accident, but the Greeks overvalued the deductive and undervalued the inductive method, and held aloof from the observation and practice of chemical processes. In the earliest records of the Egyptians, Jews, and Hindus, there is to be found an acquaintance with the working of different metals, which art was held by the younger of those nations to have been taught by mythical personages. On reference to the drawings found on the tombs in Egypt, figures are shown therein illustrating the art of metallurgy, and it has been learned that the operations were conducted by weighed portions of matter. Moreover, Biblical history records that the Jews were acquainted with gold, silver, copper, iron, and probably lead and tin, and that a form of balance was used for weighing metal. The Greeks and Romans were familiar with many metallurgical processes, but made no attempts to explain the chemical processes involved in the smelting of ores. The ancients believed that the metals were produced by the penetration of air into the vitals of the earth, and assumed that the amount of metal increased as the mine proceeded inward. This conception was based on the testimony of Aristotle, and was entertained for a long time. Gold and silver were the metals earliest known, and were valued highly in the early times. The gold mines of Nubia were worked by the Egyptians, and in the time of Ramesses II, these mines yielded gold to the value of $600 million per annum. The Phoenicians obtained gold in eastern Africa, and were the first to mine gold on the island of Thassos. 
the malleability of gold rendered it possible for the ancients to gild objects by covering them with thin sheets of the metal and they later learned to produce a layer of gold on objects by dissolving the metal in mercury and heating the amalgam produced the older nations were acquainted with processes for freeing gold from admixtures as there are extant records of purifying gold dust by melting it with lead and salt for some time a method practiced at a very early period and referred to in various parts of scripture pliny describes the purification of gold by means of mercury and the process used in his time was similar to the amalgamation process practiced at the present day in general it may be stated that the old and new methods of obtaining gold differ in details not in principle silver was supplied to the ancients by the phoenicians who worked the rio tinto mines in spain the native silver mines of laurium and the mines in armenia according to posidonius silver was discovered in spain by the forests taking fire and melting some of the ore in which the precious metal was embedded strabo states that silver was purified by fusion with lead but it does not appear that the separation of silver from gold was known before the present era beckman states that the ancients used an alloy of gold and silver afterward termed electrum because they were unacquainted with the art of separating these metals and it is known that an amalgam of gold and silver was regarded in ancient times as an individual metal being termed asm by the egyptians copper has been known from the earliest times and some authorities consider that it was the next metal after gold which man learned to extract and reduce the present state of archaeological research does not suffice to locate all the principal copper mines of the ancients nor to compute the quantity of metal which they yielded but it is believed that both the hindus and chinese made coins of this metal at a period which may be fixed approximately at about three thousand years ago copper was one of the greatest articles of commerce with the phoenicians who derived a large supply from the mines of nubia which at one time supplied the whole of the western world they combined with it the tin obtained from the islands of cyprus and britain to make the bronze of commerce which was early used for making weapons ornaments and utensils and the ancient civilized nations were acquainted with bronze before they had learned to prepare tin in a metallic state palmer states that it is evident that the copper mines in the neighborhood of serabit el khadim and magara in egypt were in full working order at the time of the exodus and bowerman is authority for the statement that the period over which the working of the copper mines at wadi magara extends according to hieroglyphic evidence is from the third to the thirteenth manathonian dynasties with regard to the smelting processes by which the aeus or copper of the ancients was obtained nothing certain has as yet been ascertained the concurrent testimonies of hindu assyrian babylonian and greek tradition as well as its own etymology fix the discovery of iron 
that is to say the invention of smelting iron ore and of manufacturing iron and steel or the escape of the invention from the temples at a period not earlier than the fifteenth century b c among others brahma krishna ninias jason and osiris were credited with the invention of iron lepsius is authority for the statement that iron has been in use in egypt for more than five thousand years and it is well known that the egyptians early learnt to temper iron which they employed for the manufacture of a variety of hard instruments kirchmeyer a writer of the seventeenth century hazarded the conjecture that adam was the first to use iron for economic purposes to which opinion there are no satisfactory objections based on evidence the ancients prepared iron from brown iron ore and magnetite in smelting furnaces but no particulars are vouchsafed as to the actual process used however old roman iron smelting furnaces have recently been unearthed near eisenberg in the faults and the form of furnace used by the egyptians may be judged from various inscriptions lead was used by the romans for making water pipes writing tables and coins and soldering with lead or with an alloy of lead and tin was also well known the romans worked the lead ore deposits of britain but little is known with regard to the smelting processes used tin was prepared quite pure in olden times and was used in the preparation of two important alloys solder and bronze the phoenicians obtained tin either from india or britain and the israelites procured some from the midianites among the romans lead and tin were distinguished from one another as plumbum nigrum and plumbum candidum stanum the present latin word for tin signified an alloy of tin and lead brass an alloy of zinc and copper was first described by aristotle and was long regarded as copper which had been colored yellow by fusing it with cadmia an ore of zinc often mentioned in ancient writings as having been found in cyprus but was not recognized as an alloy to a much later date and zinc as an individual metal was not known to the ancients the name cadmia is said to have been derived from cadmus who is reputed to have introduced the making of brass at thebes but this is doubtless incorrect cadmia was also used as a medicine as early as three hundred b c when the metal mercury or quicksilver was first discovered is not known but its preparation from cinnabar by means of copper and vinegar is mentioned by theophrastus about three hundred b c and it was known at least as early as aristotle's time some writers consider that in the passage in the bible where moses directs that all the metals taken from the amalekites should be made to pass through the fire and afterward to be purified by the water of separation that this water of separation was mercury but this is not based on fact dioscorides describes the production of mercury from cinnabar and iron and pliny refers to the purification of mercury by forcing it through leather 
the ancients were aware of the fact that mercury attracts particles of gold and unites with them and vitruvius describes the manner of recovering gold from cloth in which it has been woven by this means the principal ore of mercury cinnabar mercuric sulphide would not fail to attract the attention of the crudest folk by its brilliant red color and there are sufficient evidences to show that it was used as a pigment or paint by the romans ethiopians and jews glass the transparent solid formed by the fusion of siliceous and alkaline matter was known to the phoenicians and constituted for a long time an important manufacture of that people because of its ingredients natron sand and fuel abounding upon their coasts the art of making glass however originated in china and egypt and its discovery in the last mentioned country was accidental soda having been added as a flux to sand containing gold for the purpose of extracting the latter glass ornaments have been discovered in egyptian tombs which are as old as the days of moses and pliny and strabo give accounts of the famous glass works of sidon and alexandria the greeks acquired the art of glass making in the fifth century b c and the romans used glass for windows mirrors and various other purposes rawlinson states that transparent glass was brought into use or at least the oldest specimen found is in the reign of sargon the second seven ten b c the artificial coloring of glass by metallic oxides was discovered at a very early date and remains have been found in ancient egypt which indicate that methods for producing enamels and artificial gems were known ancient profane authors make mention of immense emeralds which are considered now to have been made of glass and pliny states that beryl opal sapphire amethyst etc could be imitated but that these imitations were softer and lighter than the real gems the art of engraving on glass was also known in ancient times and the ancient assyrians cut gems with great skill the art of pottery presents a more ancient and closer alliance between art and utility than any other branch of manufacture and the date at which this art began to show itself is lost in the darkness of remote antiquity the old egyptians understood how to coat their earthen vessels with colored enamel and porcelain was discovered and employed by the chinese at an early date the potter's wheel is probably the most ancient mechanical appliance which industrial art has invented the people of ancient times prepared soap by the action of alkalis on fats and drew a distinction between soft and hard soaps according as potash or soda was used in the manufacture according to pliny the soap in germany and gaul was prepared from animal fat and a water extract of plant ashes strengthened by adding lime the art of dyeing no doubt originated in that love of distinction inherent in the human mind inducing man for its gratification to stain his dress or his skin with the gaudy colors of the vegetable kingdom 
and was practiced very long before any views were entertained as to the nature of the changes which occurred in the chemical processes involved the egyptians developed dyeing with some degree of scientific precision as they were acquainted with the use of mordants learning that alum imparted no color itself but fixed certain dyes on cloth and perfected the dyeing of purple tyre made dyeing one of its principal occupations and it has been asserted that the invention of the celebrated dye tyrian purple was made in that city the discovery of this purple dye is said to have been made fifteen hundred years before the christian era and pliny states that the juice for communicating it was obtained from two different kinds of shellfish kermes indigo madder archel safflower alkanet henna broom galls walnut pomegranate seeds egyptian acacia and litmus were used as coloring matter in the ancient times in pliny's time white lead cinnabar vermilion smalt verdigris hematite soot and indigo blue were used for painting and ink was prepared by mixing soot with gum galena sulphide of lead and realgar and orpiment sulphides of arsenic were used for pigments and medicines notwithstanding the fact that their poisonous action was known the egyptians were the first to use chemical preparations for medicinal purposes verdigris white lead litharge alum soda and nitre were employed in making medicaments and lead plasters were made from litharge and oil iron rust was a very old medicine and homer speaks of sulphur being burnt to expel the evil spirits from a home it was also used for purifying clothes conserving wine and for destroying foul odors among other substances whose application dates from a very early period may be mentioned lime which was burnt and used in making mortar and for causticizing soda for soap making soda and potash which were used in washing glass making and soap making bitumen and asphalt which were employed for cements torches and embalming and acetic acid in the form of crude wine vinegar which the ancient assumed as being present in all acid plant juices and considered to be a powerful solvent among the other organic compounds known at the beginning of the christian era and possibly before then were sugar starch petroleum oil of turpentine and various fatty and ethereal oils sugar was obtained from the sugar cane starch from wheat and the fatty oils olive almond and castor oils were pressed from seeds and fruits oil of turpentine was prepared by distilling pine resin the ancients were familiar with beer wine and bread making but did not with their disinclination toward observation know that alcohol and a gas different from air carbonic acid are formed during such processes of fermentation end of section 2
Recording by Linda Johnson.